previously on From. I feel like I'm hanging on by a thread here. <laughs> Those things, they never... Previously on From. I feel like I'm hanging on by a thread here. <laughs> Those things, they never run. They know there's only so many places we can go. I think we're running out of spaces on the board, Sheriff. I wish you had the luxury of grief, but you don't, Boyd. These people need you. You need to be the one to lead these people home. Because if you don't, she died for nothing. Come on. Started getting tremors in my hand a few weeks back, which means the clock is officially ticking. But I have this crazy idea that might actually work, and, and if it does, I might be able to find a way to get these people home. Something here is missing. We just can't see it yet. I need something to write with. Ask every question, right? I don't just sit around accepting the world as it is. Someone is doing this, and I'm not going to rest until I figure out how. Jane! <laughs> I really like you. And what's about to happen? You're gonna save everyone. Where's my mom? I want my mom! You're doing this for her. Let him go. They told me this was the first one and everyone gets to go home. Ethan, run! Don't understand! Nathan! Nathan! Nathan, please! Where is she? She ran off into the woods. And? And if she comes back before dark, then we'll handle it. And if she doesn't? If she doesn't, then it's handled. Ooh, Welcome to an all-new episode of Talking From. We are talking about the series on epics called From, and we are at Season 1, Episode 6, Book 74, uh, Book 74 refers to Father Cotri's, which we will get right into, um, talk to Sarah about how many books there actually were in the Bible, um, or how many books went into it, and basically 74 books. Uh, it, this is kind of a crazy, upside-down understanding right now of where we are in the series and how things are kind of falling into place. Um so before we talk about Father Katri and his crazy basement scene with Sarah, uh, let me introduce my co-host, Kinte. Kinte, how are you? I'm doing fine. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Uh, so we get more religious implications here as this scene between Father Katri and Sarah take place. Uh, Father Katri, obviously Sarah has not run off into the forest, but she is in the basement of the church. Um, and, you know, just to do a quick call out, the church plays a very important role in our intro for uh, From. It is one of the few places that have its own separate scene drawn in that crayon that is super identifiable, um, other than the merry-go-round and a couple of other things. Um, so it obviously this is an important place. Um, just in terms of what the show tells us is important in terms of places. So Sarah's in the basement and she's tied up to a chair. Obviously, Father Katri brought her down there and he tells her uh, this story about how many books went into the Bible. Um, before I say anything, I'm going to ask Kente, Kente, what did you think about this scene altogether? Um, With Sarah and Father Katri and, and the, the whole idea of uh, of what it is that he 
thinks in his head is unraveling in front of him. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I think that it, it really goes back to that, uh, that thing that, um, that Boyd said to him, that you're the worst priest of all time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, uh, I mean, look, he, he isn't above sinning to do what he feels like he needs to be done. You know what I'm saying? Cause you know, technically he is, he is, uh, uh Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, let me fix the screen back. Uh, Did, uh -oh. didn't want to. <laughs> let me ask the question a little bit differently. Do you think he's actually a bad priest, and and uh, and and maybe you know I don't know mentally touched in a way you know that that it feels like uh, religious fanatics can be, or do you think that his faith is so incredibly twisted by this place? that he is now seeing things where maybe he didn't see them before because i kind of wonder the latter in this case hmm. why is that i'm just curious well because it feels to me like based on what we understand about father cautry and how he is interacting with boyd and everybody else in the in the series that he in some ways is very traditional in terms of his we saw his sermon we heard what he said um nothing felt out of place and yet he, he tells boyd no you know you built this guillotine in town what are people going to say if you don't use it which is like very unpriest like um and he also is linking himself in some ways to things that feel like they are uh more maybe on the side of hey maybe there's a religious explanation for some of this stuff um and maybe that's what we need to get to instead of chasing down all of these other ideas uh, which I, I don't know I, there's something something seems it's not that something seems off about him it's that something seems very different about the way that he's thinking about this and obviously he's seeing it through the filter of religion that's well, why I ask. It's interesting because, you know, we got to actually go back to, well, I guess, well, uh, I guess we can't talk about it right now, but, um, you, you know, uh, we, there's a revelation about th that comes about later or, or can we talk about it? Or, yeah, go ahead. Let's talk about it. There's a revelation that he needed proof that she wasn't, you know, that she really was seeing things. Right. And she got the proof. The proof was that in fact that um he had buried something when he had, when he came. When he first came into town. Right. Right. And they tell him the the Sarah says it's the the voices channel through Sarah. So Sarah is like in automatic writing at this point. And the voices say this is the proof. The proof is we saw what you buried when you first came into town. And then Father Cotri goes off to confirm that, oh yeah, that's right, that was there. I don't understand the reasoning behind him digging it back up again. Maybe, did he forget about it? I don't know, what did you think? Uh, no, I just think he needed to see it again for himself. Yeah? Yeah, I think that's all that was. Well, uh, so- And it's dramatic. 
Yeah, and it was it was dramatic actually, <laughs> but especially because there's blood involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So whatever happened was violent. It wasn't just uh, something, you know, benign. It, he didn't, you know, bury some coins or something. Yeah. Some Bitcoin. <laughs> it seemed kind of interesting. Well, I mean, you know, they probably can't really use Bitcoin in the middle of nowhere. But hey, you know, that actually brings up another interesting segue into some other thing that happened in this episode. We'll get back to Father Cotri and Sarah because there's a lot to unpack there. But mm -hmm. let's talk just real briefly about Jade and Jim. Uh, okay. Jade convinces Jim to go off on a, uh, I don't know, quasi-adventure of his own. And Jade says to Jim, hey, uh, let's try to make this radio work. But before they even get there, um, they discover that the internal workings of the houses, even though it looks like they have electric cords, um, there's no electricity. Right. The cords are empty. Uh, what did you think about that? Thank God. I was so happy because it was like if they had to um, they had to say uh, something about that because like if that was just something like, oh, we just have to accept that it's working. I'm glad that they made that a thing. It's like they, you know, they it was like they knew it was going to be brought up, you know. So I was glad. I was just happy. I was so happy about it because if they didn't address it, it would have been like, really? Come on now, you know? Right, right. Well, and and also, uh, I think interestingly enough, um, it also explains some things that I was thinking before about, well, like, is this, is there something controlling what's happening in town? And I think the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, clearly there's something that's controlling. And that's why... Um, at one point in this episode, uh, Tabitha tells Ethan, uh, let's have an adventure sort of thing. And they destroy the wall in the house to try to figure out where the cords are coming from or where they're going to, I should say. Um, and uh, like even that was just, okay, so everybody is starting to coalesce around this idea that hey, there's something weird here. Let's try to figure out what it is that's happening. And it kind of makes me feel like, well, what was happening before? Uh, people were really not trying to figure this out? I don't know. But did, what? How do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know what I think it is? I think that what happens is that some people, maybe they start off trying to figure it out. Then they just get to a point where they're like, I guess that's just what it is, you know, and they start just existing and trying to live. Whereas other people, they don't give up because their whole thing is, you know, I guess, it, you know, we assuming that, that uh, this, everybody wants to go home. Right. May, who knows? Some of the people there, this may be better than, you know, what, uh, what they came from. It, do, is it possible, do you think, that, uh, that, is it possible that, that we as the audience are just overthinking what's happening here and that there is, like I was saying in a previous, uh, episode, that there's something really simple to describe what's happening 
Or do you think that it is just so multifaceted that it requires a lot more uncovering before we can even begin to get to the truth? I think, I'm sorry, Jen, but I think you are overthinking it. I think the rest of us, <laughs> the rest of us are just thinking about it like regular people. No, wait a minute. I overthink. Oh God, that's how could you even say that? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, so all you would have to do is go back and look at any episode uh, in any series that Kinte and I have done before, and you will discover that I have theories and ideas about everything from pictures on the wall to whatever. Yes. Um, okay. But however, in this series, I do think that symbolism is important. And I kind of feel like, yeah, maybe I'm not exactly overthinking things. But I do think that there is a, there is definitely a, um, a, a piece here that feels like it will explain a lot. And I don't know what that is. Kind of drives me crazy. But there's a lot. There is definitely a lot. Um uh, okay, I'm I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask uh, a, a question about the opening. Okay. The opening of this series, which we haven't talked about too much, except to say, you know, it's the kids' drawings and stuff like that, which we actually understand is actually Victor's drawings. Um, the song that plays is is called Kesera, right? Mm -hmm. And it's sung in in a almost out of sync from every other version of Kesara that I've heard um, in in that it, it doesn't quite, it's not discordant exactly but it's it definitely feels like it's out of sync um, and one thing that I keep going back to is <clears throat> this idea in the song that says uh, whatever will be will be the future's not ours to see and then in the next verse, it says, now I have children of my own. And they ask their father, what will I be? And basically the answer obviously is Kesara, whatever will be, will be. That feels like in this episode, it plays such a huge part because there is no way to tell basically what will happen to any of these people because it feels like it's changing like it's changing almost every single scene. Whatever is going to happen is going to happen based on the characters and how they respond to things, not necessarily some overall grand design. And I feel like we can see that pretty clearly when Boyd is told by Christy that Kenny is not doing well and that she understands that that Boyd is trying to groom Kenny for the position of being the sheriff, but that what he needs right now is a father, not a mentor, not a not a, a authority figure, not a boss. And in sort of a flash of understanding, Boyd says, uh, "You know, oh my God, of course, why couldn't I have seen that?" And I feel like that is the biggest hint or clue that we have between Boyd and Ellis. So what, what, how did you feel about that? What did you think about that interaction? Can I say something before, before that yeah. is uh, there must not be any bleach there 
because they don't seem to clean up the blood. Uh, <laughs> they they leave the streaks on the wall. Um, but um, maybe they do it to keep reminding themselves that this is the reality. I think. I think boy. I think if they were at Colony House, they would do that because at Colony House they don't want to be reminded of anything bad. But in well, the I town, mean, eh, I don't know. If anyway, something got yeah. in the Colony House, it. I mean, pretty much Colony House would be gone. So. Yeah. Right. Okay. Go but, ahead. Um, Sorry. But um, you know, obviously, his relationship with Kenny is supposed to mirror their relationship with his own son, who. You know. Um, the relationship that he wish he has with his own son, he has with Kenny, which is kind of, is really sad, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, Cobra Kai a little bit, <laughs> you know? Right, right. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> okay, so, <clears throat> um, I, well, actually, you know what? <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I'm going to, I'm going to actually uh, sort of jump around a little bit. Um, Jade and Jim back to the two of them on their outing to figure out how to make the radio work. They go to the cars in order to strip the wire from the cars because no other wire in the town basically has anything inside. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm going to go back to uh, sort of is this design, is this function? If the town doesn't have any wiring, but electricity is still working, then anything that they would come up with as a solution to how to make something work has to be thinking outside of basically the box because nothing in the town is going to help them right however i just want to flash back to remember something when jade was in the sheriff's office with kenny Mm -hmm. the the whole reason that he thought about the radio working is because the radio started to work Right. And Kenny said, yeah, it does that sometimes. Right, so, right. Right? Uh, d- which just leaves me to, like, question sort of everything. Um, it, is it, is it, is there some kind of outside influence? Is there some kind of influence, inside influence? I don't know. But they strip the wire that they can from the cars. They head out to the forest and Jade says, I can't climb the tree because I get vertigo. I'm gonna, yeah. And so Jim climbs the tree, and then uh, I mean, I'm, you know, kind of condensing stuff together here, but eventually, Jade has this terrifying vision, and those, the people that he sees, they, I I think they were from the Civil War. Is that what you saw? Yeah, it was Union soldiers. That was crazy. So when you were asking in a previous episode, is time out of sync? I'm kind of wondering now, is time out of sync? Yeah, it's it's a Union soldier. Is this this them in, like, with, with two realities combining? Or is this them, uh seeing something that happened in the past what what do you think about that i took it as he was getting maybe he's getting close to something and this was a way to try to scare it off a little bit so you think the union soldier was kind of like the dogs were to victor Mm -hmm. that's what i took it as 
like mm. kind of like back off, you know? Because remember, he I, only saw it. The one that's driving this is the right. one that saw it. Right, right. And Jim didn't see anything, clearly. Um, Did you think and, it was real at all when it was happening? I don't, yes, actually. I guess I kind of did. Mm -hmm. I, I I felt like maybe, uh, like, although I will say this, remember what I was saying before about how I feel like every time they get close to something being a discovery, something big happens to sort of not obfuscate it, but just put kind of a blurry lens over, hey, this is happening. Oh, wait a minute. No, look over here. Uh, ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. And I think it was um, meant, meant to do that, too, because obviously we're going to go back to it. And I don't think they were ready to whatever we're going to get from that. I don't think I don't think it, they wanted it in this particular episode. So this was a way of pushing that back too, as a writer. Right. They were setting the stage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think Jim begins to realize, well, he does realize when he's at the top, he says this, it's not high enough. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and he. And he specifically says, you know, you're an engineer, right? Um, that's what Jade says. Mm -hmm. And um, and he says, um, Jim eventually gets to the point where he's like, this isn't high enough. But he does get at least a, a, a small glimmer of hope through the radio. So it does feel like he's on to something, maybe? I don't know. What do you think? Is he on to something? Uh, yeah. And I think, but here's the thing is once he starts buying into it, does he start seeing visions? Mm. You know? Yeah. Like, Cause he really, the only thing he's seen is what, you know, everybody sees basically. But now does that put you in the crosshairs? That's the well, question. The other thing that's kind of interesting is um, <laughs> so far, it seems like Jade was kind of impervious to a lot of stuff, but the fact that he has seen now two visions makes me think clearly he's not. I mean, maybe there's what what else? What are we missing about Jade? What are we missing in who he is that he's able to see things that other people can't? Because this is twice now, so that's not an accident, right? That's also pretty interesting. Is that going to lead to his demise? So that's the question. Yeah, that and that's yeah, that's I hope that's not. Uh, that's kind of the scary part, right? Yeah, I hope. Not. Um, okay, so we talked a bit about Christy, and we talked a bit about uh, Kenny, and we talked about how Boyd decides. Um, okay, well, maybe now isn't the time for me to go do what I was going to do, but he opens up to Kenny, and he tells Kenny basically about the Parkinson's, and I like this inference about the clock is ticking because it does feel to me like that it, it ups the stakes, but it also reminds us that remember the two cars and remember right. the fact that there is some big thing happening. Yeah. It feels like everything is kind of all under pressure, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, okay. So, so now let's, let's hop back to, uh, Ethan and uh, and Tabitha. Uh, we we don't discover this till the very end of the episode. But Tabitha basically is in the basement digging. Why is she in the basement digging? 
because she tells Ethan, look, all the cords are going into the ground. Maybe there's something in the ground that we need to be looking at. So like, it feels like, like lots of pieces are being sort of uh, assembled in our jigsaw puzzle and we can't actually see the picture of those, but wow, there's a lot of moving parts. We got Boyd thinking about some boat escape. We have Tabitha trying to uncover, literally, some secret from underneath the ground. We have Jim and Jade trying to go the opposite direction, up as high as they can, to figure out some truth in the air, which might be the radio antenna. Um, and then we have Victor, who, not in this episode, but in pre previous episodes, is measuring distances for trees, uh, showing Ethan different portals where things move in one place and come out the other. <clears throat> and we have these, all of these like different revelations happening together. And then we have father Kotri and we have um, Sarah exploring a spiritual angle from within. So we have like all directions being explored at this point and everything feels like a jigsaw puzzle uh, just with all, like we're seeing more and more of the picture, but we don't know how it all comes together, which I also feel like is uh, really exciting. I, wh what do you think? How do you feel about what's going on so far? Yeah, they've done a great job of this kind of build up to what we're, you know, learning about uh, the town and the characters and whatnot. And one thing that I think is pretty cool is that, um, you know, it's only 10 episodes, so there's really no filler, very few filler, if yeah. anything. So it's pretty much story, 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 story. So um, I'm really interested in how this season's going to end, uh, just because, like, like, are we, what are we moving towards? You know, what is going to be the final piece, you know? Well, I, I think we can sort of take a little bit of, uh, of direction from, um, uh, although I I don't know I'm 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 like I'm super torn between this. Uh, Jade says um, that he heard them say something. Right? They'd been waiting here a long time, and they'd been waiting for someone to come who would hear them, someone who could help them. That's that's Sarah, right? And then Father Kotri right. says, "Help them do what? Help them escape? Help them go home?" They said they were just like us. So who's who is who is communicating through Sarah? Is it the quote unquote good guys? Is it the monsters? Is there a difference? And then she says, well, why or he says, well, why did you believe them? And she says, because they told me things that only they could know, right? And then uh, additionally, underneath that, she said she says, they told me these two cars were coming and to stand um, <clears throat> on the edge of town so that I would see it. They said, this has happened before. And that those, the two cars came on the same day and everyone died. So it feels like that's where we're kind of going. Like, Oh, okay. This is, this is where we're leading. We're leading toward, like I was saying before, the town is going to reset or, something along those lines but now that father Kotri has this idea that 
well, maybe this is some kind of uh, spiritual symbol. And we get this thing from Sarah saying they want to go home too. That to me, that's just like adds just another level, another layer on top of it. Who wants to go home? Who else is there? Is there another group that we don't know about? That I think that that might be represented by the boy in white. Right. And I, but, but would it be the boy in white that would, that wrote on Sarah's arm, kill the boy? No. Yeah. Uh, see? No. So two things are at war with each other here, just in terms of our understanding of what's happening in the town. And then what's happening, uh, what we can see is happening, which is kind of crazy. I don't know. There's so many interesting things happening. Um, before I before I kind of close this part out, I, I do want to also just talk real quick about what they discover in sort of like the quote unquote artifacts room. Do you mm -hmm. remember when uh, Kenny's mom goes into uh, right. right? Remember that? Yeah. Oh, what did you think about that? I'm trying to uh, find it. Um, uh, and you know what? One thing I love about it is Kenny's mom doesn't speak English, right? Right. She speaks Cantonese. But but I think that made that scene even better that they didn't have a dialogue about it. You know, Like, you understand what I'm saying? Yep. Like, yep. it made the scene more powerful that, that uh, they don't talk so you really, it's one of those showing and not um, showing and not telling, you know? Uh, I'm yep. about to pull it up on the screen right now. Yeah, I thought that was really good. Uh, um, I, You know, there's got to be a deeper mythology that's going on here. Yes, and... That, and uh huh. And, and let's not forget that Tabitha finds a bracelet mm -hmm. that was the bracelet that she gave to Jim on the night that they met. Right. And and she was able to tell that it was, in fact, that one, not something similar. Because of an imperfection. The, the, that was... Uh, so, okay. So, themes of this episode... Uh, one, all directions are being explored, both from a metaphorical standpoint and from just basically a literal standpoint. Up, down, spiritual, from within, from without. Yes, all those are being explored. Um, secondly, that the past is somehow connected to the future, where they are. I shouldn't say the future. I should just say where they are. Somehow the past is connected there. Everything has these odd connections which we don't understand at this point. Um, and then the, the, the other big, I think, thematic piece of this episode is each one of the characters that we are in contact with has their own revelation and understanding of what it means to be both stuck in the town and their expectations of escape. Whatever that means for them, it feels like it's different for everyone. And, and I, I really do feel like that's important because that's what motivates all of our characters to move on and do the things that uncover the th things that may help everybody. Maybe they won't, 
but somehow it seems like it keeps getting us closer to unraveling the actual mystery. So kind of cool. Kind of cool. Very cool. Very cool. Um, one, I guess the last thing that I would kind of close with is that there, I, I feel like there was this moment between Kenny and Boyd when they were playing, um, ball in the, um, in the yard that, mm -hmm. that felt like, that felt like maybe Boyd is going through some kind of redemptive, uh, character arc which i really liked and i especially liked that it was with kenny because kenny of everybody is such an amazing character i really loved him seemed like a real nice guy um and then when we close the entire episode uh we see the vision of someone at the window and she says it's the flowers again that we saw julie found outside and she said, the, the vision outside says, when can I come inside? And this goes back to what we were talking about, about Colony House, how oof, if one thing gets into Colony House, they are screwed. I don't know how every window, every entrance isn't bolted in, you know? And there's only, I mean, that shouldn't even happen. Right? You know, that's the, that's the thing about living in a place like that. I'm 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 both concerned and also super intrigued. Who is that girl? And uh, why are they getting flowers? What is that? They're that also feels like a strange connection, based on the fact that Abby is buried in a field of almost what looks like those same flowers. So interesting, very interesting. Well, that I think does it for this episode. I, I I'm so glad that we're on this journey. I feel like whatever happens in the next episode is going to be just as revealing and hopefully uncovers a little bit more of this mystery. Um, this series right now is 10 episodes. I can't possibly imagine how we could get to the bottom of everything in 10 episodes, but we're past the halfway point. Hopefully we'll see some more solid answers soon. At least that's my hope. So, Kinte, how can we find you on social media? Um, and, and just so uh, I want to make it clear, now that we're all caught up, uh, do you want to start doing the show? I probably shouldn't do this on air, but wh why not? Uh, do you want to start covering it every Monday? I think that would be a great idea. All right. It's about 5 p.m. Pacific, uh, 8 Eastern, I guess. All right. Um, you can get me at Kinte F on Twitter. Kente Ferguson, that's F-E-R-G-E-R-S-O-N on Instagram. And of course, the website is theindyradio.org. That's the I-N-D-Y radio. I'm sorry, not .org. The Indy, I-N-D-Y radio.com. Uh, 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 how can we get you, Jane? You can find me at moviesandmeals.com. And really excited for next week. I hope Honestly, I say this with all sincerity. I hope that we discover that something big is happening with Father Katri and Sarah. Because otherwise, that feels like such a lost... Uh, it feels like something's lost there. I, I really hope that we discover something awesome. That's my, that's my hope for the next episode. <laughs> all right. Well, with that said, uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you.